The Oscars takes place in March, but not everyone worthy of a nomination will make it to the ceremony. Why is that, and what can be done about it? This is Life Solved, the research podcast from the University of Portsmouth, where we explore how breakthroughs here are changing our world today and in the future. Today, we meet Deborah Shaw, Professor of Film and Screen Studies in the School of Film, Media and Communication at the University of Portsmouth. Despite attempts to make the film and TV industry more inclusive, Deborah believes that many voices remain unheard. It's not just good enough to have more representation of a certain demographic that had been marginalised, but we actually need people from communities that have been marginalised to be directing, writing, producing, acting in behind-the-scenes roles, distribution, exhibition, and there have been active measures to increase diversity. I think there's just more awareness of imbalances, really. Deborah has tracked the positive changes already made in the industry, and today champions further change, whether that be in terms of ethnicity, culture, race or sexual orientation. And as you'll hear, has some excellent film recommendations too. As you'll hear throughout this episode, inequality is a problem in TV and film, both on and off screen. And with a background in Latin American and Spanish studies, Deborah quickly realised at the start of her academic journey that the indigenous people of Mexico were getting an extremely bad rep on the big screen. I was very aware when I first started researching film that so many representations of Latin Americans, let's say Mexicans, were really negative. They were equated with drug dealers and criminals, you know, violent, lower IQ. And having been to Mexico, and that's where I did my PhD, and seeing that that had no resemblance to any reality I knew, that made me very angry. So part of my work was studying those representations, looking at questions of stereotypes, racism, the way in which Hollywood constructs another in order often to feel better about itself. I wanted to do research into that and correct those misconceptions in my work. And it wasn't just representation of race or cultural heritage that posed a concern. Deborah quickly identified the need to champion Latin American women writers. Suddenly realising when I was doing my master that I'd never studied a woman writer and, and thinking, clearly there are women writers, so what's going on that that's not part of the canon? So I wanted to, again, there was a sort of corrective element, find out who are these women, what are they writing, and, and found this incredibly rich field of women's writing in Latin America and in Mexico. There's one writer called Elena Poniatowska who really engages with working-class Mexicans, looking at that class divide between very wealthy and, and very poor Mexicans. There's another well-known writer called Rosario Castellanos, who was a real pioneer of her time. Many, many other fantastic women writers in Mexico that I really enjoy studying. One of the courses that Professor Shaw teaches is Gender, Sexuality and Cinema. And it won't have escaped your attention that there's been much focus on the goings-on behind the camera in Hollywood recently, just as much as representation on screen. There was an example of Ava DuVernay, whose film, Selma, was nominated for Best Film, but she wasn't nominated for Best Director. 
and there were that year there were no women directors nominated. So if your film's good enough to be nominated for best film, why isn't she good enough to be nominated for best director? I mean, we have seen shifts. So we had Chloe Zhao, for example, who won the Oscar last year for Nomadland. She won for best director. So we are starting to see shifts, but I think women have really, again, been marginalised from being recognised for their work and also being given the opportunity to direct the types of films that are going to be recognised in high-profile events like the Oscars. And I think that's starting to change. Indeed it is. The Golden Globes and BAFTAs in recent weeks have shown that the industry is further along the path of diversity than we necessarily expected. Meanwhile, Everything Everywhere All at Once is nominated for 11 categories at this year's Oscars, albeit alongside an all-white, all-male list of nominees for Best Actor. So whilst acknowledging that things are slowly changing, why has the balance been so out of whack for so long when it comes to the likes of award ceremonies? The Motion Picture Academy, who are the members' vote for the Oscars, for the nominations, etc., and the awards, basically, for its whole history, was very largely male and very largely white. So older white men... You know, I don't want to be discriminate against elder white men, but generally people vote for what they know and what's in their demographic. So the Academy itself has taken steps to diversify its membership. They wanted to increase women, they wanted to increase people of colour, many more members from different nationalities. It's still predominantly male and white, but they have started to bring in younger members of more diverse communities and that's already seeing a shift in how people are voting and what kind of films people are even aware of you know the films that are on their radar for example there is an argument to say that racial and gender equality began to shift in the mid-2010s whether it be the harvey weinstein scandal leading to the me too movement or the lesser remembered but equally important oscars so white hashtag on twitter Oscars So White really came about in response to the fact that in 2015, the Oscars announced a set of 20 all-white acting nominees. And actually, the same thing happened in 2016. So people started getting wind of that. There was an activist called April Rain, and she launched the hashtag Oscars So White. And I think, you know, what is it that makes something go viral? It's a difficult question, but I think it taps into a kind of zeitgeist, an awareness that something's going on here, that this isn't right. So the hashtag went viral and it wasn't just linked then to social media. So it sort of forced the Academy Awards, the Institute to kind of take note of what was going on and make some concrete changes in response. So is social media leading the change? At its best, it becomes this kind of potential for a rallying cry or for potential for people that didn't have a voice to have a voice and I think something very similar happened with Me Too. Without Twitter would Me Too have had the same effect? Probably not. It allows something to become trending and trending sounds very superficial but actually it sometimes highlights really deep underlying systemic long-lasting problems. The fact that women have been harassed in the workplace, sexually abused all over the world, all over time, is clearly a massively important issue. The hashtag doesn't do the work, social media doesn't do the work, but it can bring communities together, and then the work starts after that. There are, of course, some internet opinions that award ceremonies risk highlighting particular cultures, genders or sexuality over the quality of production. Deborah thinks that's a false argument. That would be saying that members of diverse communities 
can't have that quality. And I think it's just about opportunity. I would use the term opportunity rather than quality. If you give equal opportunity, then of course it's a meritocracy. You want the best actor. But why would the best actor only come from one demographic, whatever that demographic may be? That's clearly a skewed argument. So we need more opportunity and more access to a broader range of people. It's not a complicated argument and it's not about discriminating against white men either. It's just about opening the doors so that more people can come in. With positive developments in how Hollywood presents gender and race, we're now increasingly seeing storylines that engage with identities that wouldn't have even made it past a commissioning process in the past. Trans representation is at the beginning of that journey. There's a fantastic documentary called Disclosure, which really... I always say to the students, it kind of does our work for us because it's got trans creatives and writers and actors who basically reflect on representations of trans people in the film industry over time and on television industry and look at what's changed, the damaging tropes, the fact that trans people were often cast as predators or deviants and how that started to change over time with more trans people actually having access to making television and films. One of the areas for development that Professor Shaw is keen to see is something she describes as de-westernisation. And no, we're not back to discussing the representation of race in old Hollywood westerns. There's a recent win for the film Argentina at the Golden Globes, all quiet on the western front at the BAFTAs, whilst the South Korean film Parasite is another trailblazer in its field. Parasite was the first non-English language film to win an Oscar for the best film. Because normally what you do is you have kind of ghettos. So anything not in the English language goes into the best foreign film category. Interestingly, they've now changed the title of best foreign film to best international feature. Because if you think about it, foreign is a relative concept. And that links to de-westernising. Because foreign is relative. Foreign to who? You know, you're only foreign if you're not in the English language. So I think, again, it's about, if we're talking about awards, it's about not ghettoizing films not in the English language. De-westernising film, it's, it's a very large term, but I think in terms of academia, it ties in with a kind of decolonial turn. So we're, we're sort of much more aware of colonising practices and Eurocentrism. Why, for example, do we always have the white American or a British man saving the world in James Bond films and Mission Impossible films. The single white hero is very much a kind of legacy of a colonial time, going all over the world, solving all the problems of these, inverted commas, natives will cause. So it's getting us to think about things that we don't necessarily think about, that are invisible to us. And as for any of us with a smart TV knows, there is a de-westernised world out there for us to explore at the click of a remote control. It's quite easy now to watch a film from Latin America, from Nigeria or from India. But don't think this on-demand world is necessarily a good thing when it comes to exploring different cultures and lifestyles. The algorithms will take you to what you normally watch. I happened to watch a South Korean show quite recently and now I'm being shown all these other South Korean shows. So I think we have to maybe look out of our comfort zone. I've got some students from Nigeria this year and one of my students wanted to work on a film and I, I watched it and it was fantastic and now I'm being shown Nigerian films. So it's very easy, even with all of this material, to simply watch Anglo-American products. I guess if I'm going to say anything, it would be like, step out of your comfort zone, try Nigerian film, try Mexican film and see where that takes you. 
I think there's this sense that it has to be worthy to watch a film from a different country or it has to be very serious, slow art cinema. And there's some great stuff that's really entertaining. You know, so many horror films, action-adventure films, martial arts films that can tap into a very popular taste. So I think it really is... You know, I think this is a larger question if we're looking at the US and the UK of being quite insular. And I think it's really important to bring international content into popular cultural media and i think that's how we're going to change young people's tastes for example just just open them up to the riches that are out there let's head back to the world of the awards ceremony after all if the tv and film industry don't highlight equality when hiring people or they don't consider representation on screen then things will move at a much slower pace the good news is that some key changes are being made The bad news is there's still much work to do. What's tending to happen in British and American film awards institutions is that they're working on diversity within their own countries. So we're looking at let's have more films by, you know, Afro-American writers, directors, which is great, or let's have more LGBT content, which is great. But I don't think they're doing enough work to draw attention to films and televisions from other parts of the world. So I would say that would be the next step, really, to internationalise awareness of, of, of what's out there. So you have to make the film industry take a good look at itself in order to realise you have to have the eyes to see the absences that there are because otherwise it just becomes naturalised and people don't see it. So, for example, you know, there have been some diversity initiatives in Hollywood that just for a film to be eligible for an Oscar, this is going to take effect in 2024... Uh, films have to meet certain diversity targets. So there has to have a proportion of people, for example, in the cast and crew, ethnic minorities or with disabilities or people who were marginalised in terms of sexuality or gender identity. So they have to show they've done that in two or four categories in order to even be eligible to be awarded for an Oscar. That will make the industry look at itself and make changes. So what may start as a tick box hopefully will then become an organic process. But I think just hoping that things happen, things don't just happen. We have to, you know, have certain initiatives for those things to happen. The film industry, particularly actors, are good with words. It's part of their job description. So with all the positive change going on around them, is it possible that they can use their platform to champion a better world on and off screen? If it's done responsibly, if it's done with research, and if it's... There's always a degree of promoting yourself and promoting your cause. But I think if we take a pragmatic view and we just think, does some good come out of this? You know, I wrote about the film Roma, which was by Alfonso Cuaron, which is about domestic servants in Mexico. And by focusing on the rights or lack of rights of domestic servants, specifically in Mexico, he actually has managed to affect change. So he, he kind of made the film and then it, the cause became domestic servants don't have rights, they don't have contracts, they don't get paid leave, they don't get sick leave, they can be fired, they've got no HR department. So it was a film that kind of called for domestic workers to have more rights. So in that case, I think absolutely use your platform. You know, why not? You know, and I think if you've got a platform and you're doing some good, then I'm, I'm all for it. This episode of Life Solved started and ended in Mexico. And perhaps that's a good place to be. 
in order to reflect on the struggles for those outside of the traditional film and TV companies. The steps being made will ensure representation for all, whether through employment, storyline, or simply by making productions more accessible to us in our homes. More marginalized people are being recognized in award ceremonies. Films made outside of America and the UK are both being promoted and beginning to receive major awards, meaning more consumers are aware of the wide choice available to them. And us consumers of TV and film? Well, we've never had more viewing options. And if we can gain the algorithms effectively, we'll be enjoying talent, culture and storylines that we've never experienced before. And that can only be a good thing for the entertainment industry and for us, scanning the options on our smart TVs. Thanks for joining us for Life Solved. If you want to find out more about research at the University of Portsmouth, go to our website. You can also get news on the latest developments here at the university. Direct your inbox. Just subscribe at port.ac.uk forward slash solve. We'll be back next Thursday with another story of how work that's happening here is changing all our lives for good. Catch you then.